You're with us for episode 35 of the Rocky Talkie Podcast. I am your host, Rocky Bricatoni. Joining me uh, across the table from me uh, is a very interesting person, Nicole Lima, uh, who is a lot of things, um, but Nicole, can I say model? slash dancer, slash vintage enthusiast. We're just going to jump right in. Yes, yeah, it's a plethora of okay. titles. Okay, okay. and uh, joining us at the head of the table is Mr. Ian Pett. Uh, right off the hop, I have to say this, uh, they were dining down the street from St. James here where we're doing our interview, and uh, Nicole nonchalantly mentioned to me that they'd be a little bit late because they just got engaged. <laughs> <laughs> which is a first for the Rocky Talkie that's podcast. Awesome. Um, but on behalf of all of the listeners, uh, congratulations, guys. Thank you so much. That's amazing. Um, that's exciting. Being engaged is wild and incredible. And you mentioned that this would be the perfect ornamental souvenir. That's right. As an audio um, time capsule for, for such an event. Exactly. I'm, I'm honored to somehow accidentally be a part of this. So we're here. We're doing this. Um, before we press record, we were talking about the fact that uh, we are complete strangers. Complete strangers. And you're baffled as to why I want to talk to you. Uh, yep. And I'll start with why I want to talk to you. So okay. I, I, I'm kind of a hunter. I, I mm-hmm. look at um, socials and if something catches my eye. Or Sounds a little creepy. It does sound creepy. But it, but it works. <laughs> you're here. Yeah, um, right. But... Um, it was your. It was specifically your your little bio snippet in okay. your thing saying, uh, yeah. "I like to wear dead people's clothing." It's a little dark, and I'm like sold, sold. It seems like something Wednesday Adams from the Adams family would say, or <laughs> it's right. very Beetlejuice. Um, and I'm like, this is really cool. And then I went through your stuff and your, your photos. You've curated a phenomenal uh, page, you. and uh, I know that you've teamed up with Ian. Yeah, with I a lot of with, him sometimes. with a lot of photos, and you you have great content. So Thank you. I'm like, I need to know about this this person. So uh, I reached out to you, and you said yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're convinced you're not interesting, but I'm I'm here to prove otherwise. Okay, okay. We will see what happens. Okay. So I, I want to start with this component that I think is really really interesting, is that you're convinced that you don't have much to say, and that you're not interesting, and you're kind of squirming at the idea of just talking about yourself. Mm-hmm. But there's this juxtaposition where you're putting yourself out there uh, visually. Mm-hmm. So where's the tension there between those two opposing uh, truths? That is quite uh, an observation. Um, I like to think that I have an alter ego sometimes. There's uh-huh. the quiet antisocial Nicole who hates most people. <laughs> And then there's the other Nicole who practically bears all in front of the camera. Hmm. So yeah, there's just like two versions of myself, the really confident one, and then my usual one who likes, you know, a bit of a wallflower. Mm -hmm. But you're not though. I guess I'm not. Yeah. I'm like my worst enemy in my head. Like me saying I'm not very interested. Right. But that's, uh, I mean, that kind of comes, I kind of call it the dark gift if, if I want to be really dramatic about dark it. Dark passenger. Yeah, it's just like you have this, you have this aura, this, this energy about you and this, this thing, but you're not convinced of it, but the other the people around you are. Yeah, when well, did, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, when did, you, um, when did you start catching on to this duality in you? Probably a few years ago. So That recent, eh? Yeah. Huh. I'm not, I was always very unconfident, very shy. In high school, I was the person who was eating her lunch in the bathroom by herself. Oh, I've done <laughs> yeah, that, by the I way. I don't recommend it. It sucked. It did. Fries and it gravy really in the did. stall. Yep. 
Okay, so how in the world did Nicole Lima take that first step into that brave new world and go, uh, I can do something I didn't think I could do? What was, what was the catalyst of that? This is so corny, but it's that quote um, where like the magic happens outside your comfort zone. Right. So I kind of just pushed myself into these super uncomfortable situations, like being, I don't know, center of attention. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just, I forced myself into it. So you knew consciously that was the thing you were choosing to do. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to lower your mic because I want to see your face. Okay. You're just kind of hiding behind this big fluff. There we go. Is that okay for you? Yes, that's perfect. There, now I see who I'm talking to. Yeah. So I kind of just forced myself, you know, like I want to create, I'm a creative person and I know putting myself out there, it's scary. Yeah. But you have to do things that make you uncomfortable and that scare the shit out of you. I've only known you for five minutes, but I'm, yeah. proud, of, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Um, so what was the actual vehicle that you used to step outside of that comfort zone? Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm here to make you squirm a little bit, but in a good way. Honestly, it kind of happened where I was always interested in modeling. I was always interested in kind of showcasing my vintage collection. So I was like, okay, let me maybe connect with some local people in Hamilton, which I did. And this awesome woman named Robin, she was like, just join this Facebook group, um, Ontario Models. So I kind of made a post, like I'm new to the industry. I would love to work with new people. And that's kind of how it spiraled just from that one Facebook post. I did a shoot. I kind of gained confidence. I'm like, okay, this wasn't too hard. And I really like the result of it. Uh, and yeah, it kind of just went from there and kind hmm. of dipped my toe into different genres. And Isn't world building incredible? Yes. There's, you, you're standing on a platform that didn't exist, what, five years ago? No, it didn't. Like, Not like today. We're here yeah. because you've built a construct mm-hmm. of something that was always in there but now it's here. Yep. Are you, do you recognize the person and the vibe that you have created recently? I, I, I have formed a picture of who I think you are okay. based off what you've put out there, which is also never really truly reality, but. Um, I think I've, I think I've become the person I've always sort of envisioned. I mean, I'm not there hundred percent yet, mm-hmm. But like thinking back to maybe 16-year-old Nicole, Mm. 11 years later, I think I'd be pretty chuffed to know what I've accomplished and where I am today and the confidence I've gained. Good for you. It's always such a struggle. So as a father, you know, I I watch my kids and you you always try to, you're not forecast because you can't forecast, but you always want to try to figure out where they're heading and who they're going to be mm-hmm. in social constructs and yeah, stuff like that. Course. And, you know, I look at my daughter, Layla, who's fearless and can just plop herself into any awesome. scenario. And I look at my son, Sam, who's five, who uh, has an emotional IQ of like, a 30 year old. He's wow. very deep. Um, but he has moments of being really shy mm-hmm. and sometimes he'll be on the outskirts. And mm-hmm. I, I had, I had this duality as well uh, where I was an extrovert and an introvert. Okay. Yep. And I'm like, I'm not worried about him. He'll find his way and, and he'll find a really small nucleus of real good friends. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. But um, it's a thing that you worry about as, as a dad. Of course. So, so as a dad, I'm curious to to ask you, what were those early feelings of feeling like a wallflower? Do do you know, was it an environmental thing that kind of formed that in you? Or did you come out of the womb going, I'm just going to kind of shrink a little bit and not. Uh, My mother's going to kill me. (laughs) Will she ever listen to this? No, probably okay. not. Okay. So I think it's fine. Okay. Um, 
She was a hard person to grow up with. Let's just say that. She had her own emotional trauma. So I think she kind of maybe interjected that into my own upbringing. So very like hard woman to please. Mm. Um, Can be negative. So I feel like that kind of rubbed off on me. And like, I know she loved me. Obviously she loves me to death. But um, just kind of growing up with that, with that lack of expressed love towards your child just because of her own hurt and issues. So I feel like that really affected me even to this day with my own problems and self doubts. And I feel like it kind of stemmed from that. It always, it always starts there. eh? It sounds like you, you know, sounds like your classic staunch European, exactly hard lipped mother. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you think about those things as a parent and you're like, what am I doing right now that I'm not paying attention to? That's going to yeah, F up sure. my kid. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh yeah. That's, I really appreciate you going there with me and, and explaining that, but it's, it's, it's worth, uh, kind of starting there because you know, that gives you a, people a picture of, of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so many places I want to go with this. Ooh, let's uh, go. <laughs> now you said you're, uh, culturally you come from a, a Portuguese heritage. Yes. Okay. Um, I did do Ian for Christmas. He got me one of those genetic tests, okay. which were pretty interesting. Um, there's always rumors that there was a bit of German in there. There was some Jewish, um, a little bit of UK, which I'm hoping is Scotland because nice. I have an obsession. I am. A, I'm a, I'm an Anglophile as well. I love okay. all things UK music, step fashion, yes. world war two, the oh whole thing. God, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, main, my parents were both born in Portugal, came here as children. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely rubbed off on me. Cool. You've seen Sopranos. It's mm-hmm. kind of similar mm-hmm. to be honest. And probably English as a second language immigrant probably didn't help with Confidence. Um, I actually spoke Portuguese up until I was three years old. And then my parents were all freaked out that I wouldn't know a word of English, okay. like what happened with them. So then they just cut that off. And unfortunately, I just speak English now. And you can't speak any Portuguese. No, Portuguese. I understand it. Okay. Okay. That's, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, a, that's a win. Papaush. Yep. Papaush. Right. I know certain words. Yeah. I remember I went to my aunt's house that her parents owned. Actually, they owned... What is now Salt Lake, it was the Atlantic okay. Fish Market. Ooh, nice. Uh, it was the Costa family. And I went over to their house yeah. and I was eating the soup and it was a chicken soup. I'm like, this is the best <sighs> soup I've ever had in my life. Yes. What is this? And her mother goes, oh, it's chicken feet soup. <sighs> and I like pushed myself. <laughs> Yummy. Like, I was uh, 12. So I wasn't like a chef yet, okay. obviously. I was like, what the hell did you just say? Yeah. But I couldn't make sense to me that something so gross at that time tasted so oh, damn yeah. good. But anyway, that's a sidebar. <sighs> Okay, so you, so getting an idea of, of your background, mm-hmm. I, I see dance in there. Yeah, I see ballet. I yep. see uh, modeling, obviously. Yeah, the vintage thing. Mm-hmm. When, when did uh, you start? Where, where did when, when did dance come into the to the picture? So that's a story in itself. Um, I always wanted to dance ever since I was a little girl. I always remember telling my parents, "Put me in dance classes," and they put me in soccer and they put me in karate because they wanted to toughen me up. Right. And obviously my heart wasn't in it. So I was a late starter. I actually finally convinced them to put me in ballet classes when I was 14. So wow, that is late. Brand new. I was dancing with maybe five, six year olds. So wow. Oh yeah. That That's was, humbling. <laughs> right. So how old yeah. were you when you knew you wanted to dance? Oh, I was young, maybe five, six. Wow. I can remember. So you waited 10 years. Yeah. I always had that calling, especially going to school with other girls okay. who were in dance. I just, I felt it nice. in my soul. I know that's so corny. No, no, no. But, I, um, I want to know what, what was it about dancing? I'm, I'm just going to, 
I mean, there's always a visceral something mm -hmm. to any calling. I can, I can give you all the nuanced things that made me go, I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to be a chef. I want to know the romanticism of what it was about dance. Because people, dance is like karate class. Like, oh, my daughter's in dance class. She's got her tutu. It's pink, pink, pink. And ballet, ballet, ballet. Sorry, these flies. Oh, that's okay. Um, but I know it's more than that. What was it about it that... Honestly, a big part was the music. Mm. Classical music, it just made me... It makes me feel something inside. Mm. Like, I don't know how to describe it. It's just when that music goes on, it's like everything disappears. Mm. You know, it's only that moment right. that exists. Does it feel like you can somehow join the music and be a part of that story by being a dancer within it? For sure. Yeah, because you're expressing yourself. You're moving with the music. Mm. Um, and like I said, everything kind of disappears if you're having a shitty day. Once you're in the studio and dancing, right. it nothing else really matters. So how far down the line did you take dancing from 14? So I started at 14 and I went up until I was about 21. Wow. So I was really serious about it. Um, and unfortunately, I learned very soon not, not all dreams come mm. true. And that's just the reality of starting late and being behind and... So yeah, I kind of had to make a choice. My parents were not the most supportive, again, being old fashioned. Mm. Practical, and them Europeans, not, yeah. There's no money in the arts. Right. So I worked, I paid for my own lessons. I took private lessons with a retired ballerina from the National Ballet. Wow. Yeah, so I was very serious. I loved it and- So you come from good stock in terms of who you, your yeah. masters were. Oh that's, yeah, that's, I, was, I that's was very determined. Precious. But um. Eventually, I met a stupid boy, mm. obviously, as the story goes, and I got a little distracted, and then eventually, my parents kind of gave me an ultimatum. Um, the professional dance, that was not going to happen, just because I was so far behind, so I was set on becoming um, a professional ballet teacher, Okay. so I auditioned for Canada's National Ballet, their teaching program. I got into the first portion of the audition. I was told, you have great potential, whatnot. And then unfortunately I didn't make it to the second round. They told me to come back obviously. And then I had a big blow up at home and I decided, you know what? I'm just going to take off out West with my shitty boyfriend. After this, I'm out of here. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that dream just burned and died. And I was really sad. Like even now it, right. I've taken one ballet class since I was 20, just mm. because they've kind of been a little heartbroken with it. When you know, like a dream just kind sure. of dies. Any so chance that you can still do your own your own uh, your own school? I've thought about it. I mean, I don't know. That's always a possibility, right? Life is so unpredictable sometimes. So who really knows where I'll end up? But so, um, it's amazing that that's an option, though. Yeah, because you can for say sure. as a professional that you you you're still in that per that purview. Oh yeah, and I still feel that desire to dance. So hmm. I'm. I think maybe come the fall, I might register in a class or two for adults, just because I miss it so much. Amazing. My wife. Yeah. Um, my wife is beautiful. Oh, I'm sure. She is the most beautiful. Is she? When she dances. Oh. It's, it's a different woman. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, wow. It's like I see her for the first time. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't see her dance a lot, but she's damn good. Is it like kitchen dancing? It's or? everything. Okay. So I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. And, and her daughter's the same way, Layla. That's awesome. Layla just knows how to move. Yeah. Um, so we're going to start taking ballroom. Oh, that's amazing. This fall. I love that. Because I know Do she'll it. love it. Yes. And I and I wanna have we're we 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 have we have three businesses between us and we like we work a lot. It's incredible. So I'm like, we need to like 
so we got married, found out we were pregnant nine months later. Oh, wow. Open St. James. Holy shit. I'm still, I'm still learning my <laughs> wife. So a lot of my peers have been married on average five to 12 years before they had kids. So we did everything wrong. Yeah. But I'm old, so I had to start certain things. I didn't <laughs> want to be I, I didn't want to be 80 when my kid graduated, you yeah. know. No, so I get it. anyway, uh, I feel like what a what a great great thing yeah. to, to to do together awesome. and and move my body. Uh, again, I'm 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 uh, digressing here, but <laughs> So if I were to ask yeah. Nicole who you are? Oh my god. Are you a dancer who does modeling? Like I, I here's what I would love lovingly challenge you to do is to answer that question from the most altruistic part of you. Like, I'll say this. Um, I'm a communicator. Are you? Create, communicate, encourage. Those are the wow. three pillars that I know I'm, okay. I'm called to do. Yeah. So whether it's gardening, making, building a plate, or writing a song in the studio, I'm good because I'm firing on, the, on those pistons that are truly mm -hmm. me. Some people squirm and go, well, I... I, I I want to say I'm a dancer, but I haven't danced. Like so, but I want to know, like, who are you? Who are you a dancer? Wow. Are you a dancer? See, I wouldn't call myself a dancer now. Okay. Like that. Yeah, that's just. I mean, I will always be a dancer in my heart, but I mean, currently, no, I wouldn't call myself that. First thing that comes to mind is maybe an old soul okay. with a passion for the past. I don't know. Cool. Um. That's that's a great answer. Yeah, like I'm a lot of things. You know, I you can't really put me into one category. Let's just say that it's not a fair question. I just wanted to see if um, if there was a, an identity always at the surface, knocking at the door, going, "No, I'm actually this person." And I would say I'm a creative person. Okay. I always have to create. I feel like I'll die if I don't create. Cool. There, you so know? you're you're a creator. Creator. Done. Great. There we go. Same. Same. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an impossible question. I'm like, and I get fresh. I'm like, who the hell am I? Am I a chef? Am I, do I speak? Am I a host? Am I a barista? Am I a musician? Like mm -hmm. I'm 44. What, what am I? And it's, yeah. and it's, it's really annoying actually. <laughs> so <laughs> I would agree with you that the umbrella term of creator is yeah, good. Creator. So, go. yeah. So you mentioned the, in love with historical things in history mm -hmm. and the past. And that was ultimately what drew me to you was when you said I like to wear dead people's clothes, yes, it, it sounds it sounds coy and tongue in cheek, but there's some massive truth to that in terms mm -hmm. of. Um, I can tell right now that you have a connection to the fabric that's on your body, and it, it's alive. It's speaking to you. That's right. Yes. So, um, I have my own romanticism with the past, and uh, I would say vintage fashion, not vintage values. Okay. Just since. You know, woman had zero rights. If you were a person of color, sure. get it. Yep. But no, there is something a little glamorous about certain aspects of the past. For instance, like I love vintage fashion, 50s, 60s, 70s. I collect. Cool. Our closets are overflowing. It's a problem. I would say that the 60s from... Yes, love the 60s. From car design to fighter, music. fighter jets to music to oh. ties to women's fashion to... Yes. Uh, Pens, literally everything. Mm -hmm. um, I actually have a really soft spot for uh, the NASA era project. Oh yes, just that the design with yeah, just just yeah, just incredible. So I'm I'm going to kind of fire off on multiple tangents here. There's okay. there's no through line with this, and, and, and I'm okay with it. This is just a real conversation. So if you could snap your fingers mm -hmm. and go back in time, and you get you can spend 24 hours. Have you seen Midnight in Paris? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I have seen okay. that. So you can magically, at, yep. at, at the strike of new, or midnight, 
you can spend, let's say, 24 hours whisked away in a time mm-hmm. and in a location. Again, not a fair Ooh, question, but what would yeah. you do? Oh, that's a good question. I would probably go for early 60s in London. Damn. Yeah. I think that was a great time. One of my closest friends, who is a business partner, and he's the manager here. Okay. His mother grew up in Birmingham? Manchester. Are you sure? No. (laughs) But she saw the Stones and the Beatles when they were in no one. Yes. That's Um, incredible. And she was a stewardess for the British Airways. Wow. She had a lot of fun. I'm going to assume. She was was there for all of that. Great answer. Great answer. Um, What is it about... The English culture, the, the UK, that you love so much? It's a tough one. Music, obviously. Yeah. So many incredible bands have come from the UK. Like you said, the Stones, Beatles, the food. Yes. I don't know. Isn't it funny how we can't just, we can't, we don't decide those attractions. They're just there. They're just there, exactly. Yeah. I don't, like, I don't know why I'm so drawn to that. I just am. Have you seen the movie Patton? No. Okay, so uh, Martin Scorsese did the script for uh, the movie Patton about mm-hmm. General uh, Patton. And uh, it's iconic for its own merit, but his whole thing was he would stand on a battleground. Okay. And he was convinced he stood there a thousand years earlier. So that's like a reincarnation situation. Now, I am more of a traditionalist when it comes to spirituality and, and okay. where I stand on certain things. I don't yep. necessarily I, uh, do the past life thing, but I do know inherently in my bones that there is some kind of spiritual psychic connection to something going on in the past. I, I, I think that, that. I, there's definitely echoes that can sure. I think we're a lot more, the world is a lot more spiritual and the veil is a lot thinner than we think mm-hmm. it is two things. And there are, it's very, it's a real palpable thing. Um, for me, one of those things is uh, colonial era, England, yes, okay. America. So That's like if I'm near, if I'm near Dundon Castle or like Boston, Massachusetts, yeah. I'm like, Oh, Boston's I un- good for history. I understand this. Yes. This smell, this taste. I've been here before. Yep. I get it. Uh, there's a movie, Last Mohicans, came out in 94. Beautifully okay. shot. Another tangent, I'm going down. But I look at it, and I'm like, yep, I get that. I feel that way about Scotland. I'm not Scottish. Yeah. I wish I was. I feel such a draw to the history, mm-hmm. Culloden, mm-hmm. what the English did to them. Um, what is that? I'm like, why can't I want? Why can't I want to go to Italy and do a pilgrimage like I want I to go to England or, or Ireland or Cork or Bath, England? Like, it's it's I'm I'm like this displaced wannabe mm-hmm. uh, mod UK guy. Yeah, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Right. Uh, okay, so Ian's laughing in the back. Ian, what's your background? He's Scottish. You're a Scot. <laughs> Oh, that like worked clearly out. There's a theme that going worked on, out. Is that, right? Do I hear a Scottish honeymoon in the future? <sighs> so my Hopefully. wife went. My my wife went to a wedding in Aberdeen. Oh, that's awesome! And she went to the uh, the oh. ancient graveyard that J.K. Mm-hmm. Rowling's did all got all of her names for her characters. I have Harry Potter tattoos. Nice. And she was like, "Baby, you gotta go." Yeah, it's ancient. I love graveyards. Yeah, same. I went actually on one of our first dates. I'm like, <laughs> "Want to go through a graveyard with me?" She's like, You're "So oh, peaceful, okay. right?" The but living are more scary than the dead. It's true. But my 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 son's like that. He's like, "Can we go for a walk in the graveyard?" I'm like, "Oh my god." Okay, cool, cool. So, so there's definitely a not interest, a draw to not not the macabre, but mm-hmm. oh, definitely. Well, <laughs> 
it's like I would say that maybe an alter ego of yours would be like Lydia from Beetlejuice. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. So <laughs> I strive to be a woman. They would have burned at the stake. Okay. Years can, ago. can you flesh that out? What does that mean? <laughs> what does that look like? Oh my God. Mouthy, um, a little spicy, um, independent. You know, I believe in being an independent, strong woman. Mm-hmm. Um, witchcraft. I dabble. I have some crystals, I will admit. Um, but yeah, I think if you're not a woman that they would have burned at the stake, you're not doing it right. Hmm. Have you made a pilgrimage to Salem? No, I no. want to though. No. It's on the list. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So we've covered some good ground already and we're 24 minutes in. Somehow you've managed to communicate these interests with 50 to 70 photos on your, on your social grid. Interesting. How intentional was that? Not at all. Because I, I'm not surprised based off what I've looked at. Interesting. Isn't that okay. cool? That's, that's and, and that's why you're, that's why you're here. Cause okay. I, I was able to form. You're an, still enjoying this. Absolutely. Uh, this is actually, you're, you're doing fantastic by okay. the way. You Thank don't, you. you don't, I need that affirmation. No, your trepidation <laughs> was unfounded for okay, sure. You're doing, good. you're doing very good. Great. Um, and thank you again for doing this. No problem. On your engagement night. Wow, how about that? What a night. I, you know what? I should have had, we have champagne somewhere. I should have just, you know what? Let's do a toast. <laughs> with, with your water, my cold brew. Lachaim. Lachaim. Congratulations <laughs> to many years of meritable thank bliss. Thank you. Thank and you. if you need a chef for your wedding, let me know. Oh, it's great. <laughs> I'll keep you in mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I've lost my, my train mm-hmm. of thought. Uh, we were talking about Salem. We were talking about my Instagram photos. Yes, that, and that you somehow subconsciously formed an actual picture of of yourself. Um, How how does that make you feel hearing that? And like, what do you think that was? I mean, it's it's a little surprising that I'm putting out those vibes and I'm not even being intentional about it. Mm -hmm. So I find it interesting that you're picking up on those little details. Well, I'm a nuance guy. Okay. Yeah. Um, Vintage. Mm-hmm. My wife dabbled in vintage okay. before she got a clear picture of what she wanted Bichette to be. Okay. It was yep. La Bichette, now it's Bichette. Nice. You want to hear one of my pickup lines I did for my wife? <laughs> okay. Let's hear it. So I don't, I don't go after women. I, every relationship I've ever had has happened truly organically. Mm-hmm. Circle of friends okay. or someone saw me play guitar and sing them and he's cute. And wow. I was like, oh, and it would start, right? <laughs> That's just kind of the way it works sometimes. But I... Um, I was single for 18 years. Oh, wow. Was that by choice or? Yeah, it was actually okay. because, because I, I grew up with some daddy issues and some rejection bullshit. Who doesn't have that baggage? And I saw a lot of carnage in my families uh, yeah. with divorce. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, I'm not going to fuck around with this. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to settle. That's, no, that's, that's my biggest life. life advice to anybody. Yep. 100%. To anybody. They think I'm, when they get hired here, they're going to teach them how to become a great chef. This is why I was like, don't settle. No, don't ever settle. Even if it's me, if it's a boy, if it's a girl, it, never. So anyway, that's sidebar. But, um, <laughs> so I was like determined. I'm like, no, I, I can't screw around with my own heart that way. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if I do get married, it's going to happen once. Yes. Divorce isn't going to visit my family. Yep. Um, so, and I, I'm 11 years older than my wife. We've got the Beyonce, uh, uh, Jay-Z thing. I got 11 years on her. So good well, things. That's nothing. Yeah. You guys, us. now you guys are, you guys, now you guys are like, 
professional. Yeah, I'm 27. Age gap. Ian's 53. So good job, good job whatever. Ian. Whatever. You don't choose good, who you good are. Good things sometimes. come to those who wait, man. <laughs> That's right. Ian really should have a, a mic here, but um. So yes, I wasn't going to screw around. So okay. when I met when I met Lauren, she so I'm I'm a young 44. She's an old soul. Okay. 33. Yep. So it works. Mm-hmm. Um, you balance each other. Yeah, out. we we truly truly do. Okay. Uh, we were going to a mutual friend's wedding. Oh wow! And it was being held at the Canadian Warplane Museum. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Which I'm a huge yeah. World War II nerd. Yeah. So the smell of Spitfire Octane and Lancasters. We Ian and I were gonna have a we're gonna have a podcast. Yeah, yeah. We, I think we got a friend friendship happening here. So um, I had made this assertion. This is not about me. Somehow I'm talking more than you are right now. I'm sorry, but that, okay. I feel like this is this is gonna serve serve it's the, going somewhere. the conversation. <laughs> I made the assertion. I'm like, I like this girl. I'm, okay. I'm doing this. Good. And I never do this. And so. At the wedding, she was wearing an 80-year-old vintage, beautiful blouse, oh, that's awesome. full dress. And, yep. and my wife can rock vintage really well. I believe it. And um, I did what I never do. I brought her a flute of champagne wow. with one of mine uh, in my own hand. And we were standing underneath a Spitfire. Yep. And I said, <laughs> that dress has waited 80 years for you to be in it. Oh, my God. And that was it. <laughs> That was it, eh? She was sold. I'm like, this is That's either great. the greatest line or the worst line, but it, but clearly it worked. It stood the test of time. So, vintage, hooray for vintage! Yes. Uh, thank, thank God that she loves that stuff as well. That's as, awesome. Uh, but, um, are there any designers that you love to wear that you see uh, from the vintage realm of things? Not, uh, I'm definitely not a designer whore. Okay. Let me just say that. Mm-hmm. Labels don't really mean anything to me. If I like a piece, I like it, and that's why I wear it. Mm-hmm. I will give a shout out to uh, Vintage Soul Geek on King Street. They're, they're incredible. They're coming on the show. Yeah, are they? I had to bail oh, on them, God. and then it just didn't work, but they're coming on, yeah. They're amazing. Yeah, they're cool. Um, yeah, I love going in there. It's just certain pieces. I'm really drawn to um, 1950s, 60s, obviously, and then 70s. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I wouldn't say I look for certain labels. Again, it's if I like it. Overall vibe. I like it, right yeah. I have a, my wife has a perfume from 1910, Ooh. Matsuki. Okay. It's empty. Is it empty? You can still smell it. Wow. And awesome. that, in and of itself, it's like, I hear you, you're speaking, you're speaking. Well, things back then, it's just such quality, yeah. right? That's why... Yeah clothing from the past lasts even until today it's just it was made so differently yes this whole fast fashion oh, craze it's yeah. it's terrible that's a whole other podcast yeah exactly. things aren't built like right? they used to so i'm shocked still at how you started and what i see on socials so okay. you've obviously you have very tasteful uh quasi nude stuff yes yeah there's some nudes yeah my mother is not pleased about it but i'm sure that's that's okay i'm sure um what was what did that leap look like to go from stepping out into modeling to being okay being okay with bearing all and and shooting the first few times it's definitely um it's scary, mm-hmm. right? Because you're just showing so much of yourself and especially if you have insecurities like I do, it's a lot. But again, I kind of just, I like to throw myself in uncomfortable situations. It seems to be a theme with myself mm-hmm. and you just do it. And the more you do it, the more comfortable you get with it. And I also think it's probably my dance background. It's like you're changing backstage, right. you're whipping off your, off right. your costume. So, you know, you just, there's no shame there. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of translated 
it's like even now I do um, modeling for artists, so like life modeling. And I'm always super nervous beforehand, like so nervous. But once you're doing it, you know, it's art. It's not sexual. Right. It's, it's you're making art. Can you... I want to. I want to go deeper. I want to know. Let's go. So, like, <laughs> there's there's so much. There's so much more. That's it's like when you when you look at a photo frame. Mm-hmm. You look at a photo in a frame, and then the frame breaks, and then you take out, and you realize that a side of the photo was folded over, and there's a whole other side of of a picture mm-hmm. you've never seen. I, I've actually experienced. It, I'm like, oh my god, it tells more of a story. So. You know, like, what's going through your mind? What are you feeling when you show up and you're, you're essentially going out on stage and you're disrobing and you're about to open that door and go, okay, it starts now. What, what, are, you, what, what are you working through? That's kind of where my alter ego makes an appearance. Interesting. Um, you kind of have to get into this head, head space, right? And I only shoot nudes with photographers I trust. Obviously, I mm-hmm. do a lot of my nude work with Ian. Um, there's some Toronto photographers, Adrian Holmes, who's really talented. I work with him quite a bit. But yeah, it's kind of just preparing yourself mentally. You know, like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then I like to think about making shapes, if that makes sense, with my body. It's Explain. like what's going to be interesting in a photograph. Maybe if I fold my arm this way or bend over this way, it's mm. going to create interesting lines and huh. angles. So that's kind of what's going on through my head. And again, my dance experience kind of bringing that posing and just the way of moving my body and being aware of my limbs. That's really like what's going on in my head. So cool. Yeah. So there's this intentionality with lines and exactly. And And of course, like sometimes the insecurity seep in like, Oh my God, I hope he's not looking at that. Right. You know, I don't like that part of my body, but then it kind of just Hmm. dissipates the more, the more I get into it, the more I'm focusing on the creating aspect and knowing that it is art that I am trying to go for. So yeah, it's kind of like a bunch of emotions and kind of just working through that and just having balls and just going for it. Kudos. I, <laughs> see, I'm learning something right now. Yeah. I have never once, uh, and I see things through a, a creative perspective mm-hmm. most times. I've never thought about the fact that the person being shot is partaking in the art form beyond being the subject. Yeah, like I'm not sure if everyone has that kind of um, mental conversation with mm-hmm. themselves. That's definitely what's going on in my head is what can I do with my body that will That's be amazing. interesting in the photograph sense. Wow. Do you know, do you remember, so I, I listened to certain albums that I've recorded and mm-hmm. I'm like, I know exactly what I was craving for lunch that as I was recording that guitar okay. track. I know where we went after this session. I know the fight I had with Rachel, the lead singer, before we, we press play. <laughs> Can you look at a photo and go, I remember what was going on in my head at that moment? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah especially like my older work. It's just kind of cringeworthy. Yeah. It's like, what were you doing? Why did you work with this person? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it definitely can bring you back to a moment in time, which yeah. is kind of what photographs do, right? Yes. They, yes. It's a moment. And it can bring back those memories, be it good or bad. Yeah. It is interesting, though, that, that because of our affinity with history and, mm-hmm. and nostalgia and uh, holding tight, be, being romantic about Yeah, yeah, things, you could call it that for sure. That one of your favorite mediums is to solidify a moment in time forever. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is an interesting way of putting it. Yeah, so 
Now this alter ego. Yeah. I, I want to get even more Nicole specific. Shmoley. So is that is <laughs> is that like Tasha Fierce, like Beyonce's? Uh, exactly. Okay, so is there a, a visceral crossover point where, like, halfway through the open door as you walk out, you can feel the switch, or is it a gradual? Oh yeah, it's it's kind of is like a high in a way, right? Mm-hmm. You got that adrenaline building. And then you do it, and then you're like, oh, shit, like, that was actually fun. Right on. Like, I feel energized and alive, you know? Yeah. It, that, I don't know what that makes sense. But, yeah, it's it's satisfying for sure, especially if it's something you were nervous about, and then you do it, and it's a great experience. Yes. It's kind of like this today. Awesome. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that right? as an endorsement that we're on the right track. But is there is there a click, like, okay, alter ego is now engaged, or does it happen unbeknownst to yourself? I would say unbeknownst. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It's kind of like a slow progression. You know, one minute I'm really nervous and then the next like, no, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Let's do it. And then I kind of turn those thoughts off. Okay. Cool. Yeah. A lot, a lot of actors who have the opportunity to wear heavy prosthetics, mm-hmm. they embody. Well, it gets you into character. Absolutely. hundred uh, percent. Um, yeah. I actually had the opportunity to feed Bill Skarsgård Pennywise. Oh my God. Before he was even known, he was on a show really? on called Hemlock Grove. This is we're going back eight years. Oh wow! He was in my home, and I did like a three course meal for him because I lived with an actor, and he okay. knew these guys. Yeah, I'm not name dropping. Honest to God, uh, I think you are. Maybe a little bit, <laughs> um, but uh, he obviously yes. came on to bigger things. Um, but I watched I watched his process of okay. of getting an idea, and then when the prosthetics came on, yeah. He, he got it. Oh yeah, you become right. you become the character. So does do you have a similar experience when you're putting on vintage? I would say. What happens to you inside your head and heart and body when you're wearing that the right thing? My in regards to my style, I like to think that I mix vintage with modern. So I don't want to look like a character. Right, that's great. That's a great great yeah. perspective. Like I don't want to look, you know, like I stepped out. Although that's great, power to you if that's your thing. But mm-hmm. for me, I'm like I'm a modern woman but I love vintage. Um, when I put on a vintage piece, I feel like me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like it just kind of aligns. Um, I feel confident. I feel like me. And I think that kind of projects outwards, right? When you feel good about yourself mm-hmm. and you feel like yourself, I think you kind of put that out into the world. Right on. What have you yeah. learned in your 27 years about yourself? Ooh. <laughs> I'm Dr. Filling you oh right now. Oh my God, yes, it's like therapy. What have I learned about myself? Because from an outside perspective, you're 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 climbing mountains and conquering some 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 pretty great shit. Doesn't feel like that, but I guess but, but it as never an does, outsider right? looking sure. in, you could say that. But um, just you know, thirty eight minutes in the trajectory that, that you're talking about, like I want to know, you know, if you're talking to a young girl starting out on life. What are the um, what are the pearls that you've learned about yourself that that you know are gold that you could share? Oh, let's think. Oh my God, you're putting me on the spot. I know. I'm sorry. Probably to be true to yourself um, in regards to I guess clothing. It's like wear what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Like you know, if you're gonna wear something that maybe you're doing to please someone else, like you're not going to be confident. You're not gonna feel like yourself, and you're kind of doing yourself a disservice by, you know, um, and that's the thing too, you can't please everyone. And right. it comes to a point in life where you have to put yourself first. Let me, and, let, let me camp there quick. Yeah. Um, so to me, 
you can't please everyone. No, you can't. The starting point is probably you can't please your mom. No, and you can't save people either. How old were you when you put that flag on the ground and said, okay, this is now the official sovereign land of Nicole? Honestly, mom, you, your territory is not infringing on this. What, what was, what was that, the genesis of that for you? I would say it was honestly the start of COVID. It's really? kind of where I reevaluated my life. Um, oh. I put myself back in school. I just realized that I was kind of coasting through life and I wasn't doing what was feeding my soul, mm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I kind of got to a point with COVID and everything shutting down. It just gave me time to take a step back and to look at my life and see where I was. And I wasn't happy you know, like I felt like I had this potential and I was kind of wasting it working these shitty jobs. What were you doing? Just retail, serving. Okay. Like it just, it wasn't for me. And I had dropped out of college previously and that always kind of weighed on me. Um, but yeah, it, like with my mom too, it's like she is a hard woman to please. And I've just realized like I'm never going to please her. I have to focus on myself and do what's right for me, even though. My mom or people, they may not get it or judge me, but it's like, fuck those people, right? Good for I don't you. know if I can swear of on Of course here. you can. It says explicit but, um, <laughs> on the uh, descriptor. <laughs> Perfect. But yeah, it's you kind of have to get to that point in life where you're like, enough's enough. Mm-hmm. If this is the only life I get, then I better start living it for myself, right? You either get busy living or you mm-hmm. get busy dying. So people so. learn that at 37, not 27. Yeah. Was there a, was there a, I'm going to kind of distract the, the original question because okay. I think we're, we're on something here. Okay. What, um, was there a di- distinct moment where like mom no more or was it a gradual organic pulling away and a set- I think it was an organic pulling away. Also the fact that I was in a really unhappy relationship for years. Um, the whole settling, like I kind of right. settled with my life. I'm like, okay, my ballet dreams crash. I'm just going to be the victim here and mm. live in my misery. And it kind of got to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm tired of being miserable. I'm it's tiring, tired. eh? I'm tired of feeding that. Yeah you know, that negative energy. And I'm like, no, like I actually have the power. I am in control of my happiness and I'm mm-hmm. going to start making choices that are right for me. Good for you. Can yeah. we, can we both be honest and admit that it does feel kind of good in a shitty kind of way, being miserable and having a really dark, it does, of dark course, season. Right? And then you go like, okay, this is still going on too long. It's not cute anymore. This is actually taxing. But, <laughs> yeah. And but that's there is, fine. Right? Everyone has to go through There it, is an allure though to living for sure. Dark. Yep. Um, but it goes, it hits it for me. It, I hit a wall. I'm like, oh, okay, I got to shake this off me. But mm-hmm. yeah, COVID. Oh God. There have been people that was like, I don't, I can't talk about COVID anymore. Like on the, on the podcast, I'm oh, like, yeah. no, no problem. But you know, I was mad for two years. Mm-hmm. Every time I put the mask on, I was muttering under my breath. Like yeah. I get it. Of course. Uh, and as a parent seeing, you know, I've said this ad nauseum on the, on the podcast, seeing playgrounds, taped off like a crime scene and the yes. kids can't play. I'm like, this is insane. It's crazy. But all that aside, you know, it's too soon to say this, but I feel like in time, a good chunk of people are going to say COVID was one of the best things to happen to my professional life, mm-hmm. love life, personal life. The reinvention and the paradigm shifting that took place during mm-hmm. those two years is incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So and you're many, one of them. Yes, 100%. I met Ian during COVID. Okay, so how did you guys meet? We're, we're going to fire. We're <laughs> oh going to we're going to we're going to fire on lots of different <laughs> No, I mean Ian and I had worked together in the past. I know it's such a cliche, right? Model photographer. It's a thing though. It wasn't as nefarious as it sounds. Like don't get any ideas. 
it kind of was an organic thing. It just happened. We always got along. Mm -hmm. The friendship blossomed. Ian was going through some really dark times. I was going through some dark times. And in our darkness, we kind of met in the middle. And I mean, here we are today. That's awesome. And how long have you guys been together? Two years, two and a half years. Two and a half years years now. Amazing. Yeah. Is there a photo studio ballet? projects right? in the future i mean we work together a lot that's awesome it's like in a couple of weeks i'm i got hired as a stylist on one of ian's shoots amazing so, yeah amazing yeah some of his clients hired me burger king if you really burger king i think in burlington you'll see my face i so. love it i <laughs> yes love it. to whoppers absolutely um, yeah so good um don't say that. Actually, You're in this awesome restaurant. Craving, craving a Whopper. <laughs> um, they, yeah, Whoppers are pretty good. They kind of have gone through a renaissance with Burger King lately. Again, I'm digressing. Um, but um, no COVID, although I know people died and yes. some people's lives got upturned, but from a personal point, I think it was one of the best things that happened to me. It kind of forced me to reevaluate my situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, you heard of some couples divorcing yeah. during COVID, which yeah. I mean, I get, right? Yeah. If you're forced to be with that person 24 hours in a day, maybe you're like, shit, I don't really like you. It was rough. Yeah. How are you during COVID? Mad. Mad, yeah. Mad. Yeah, and you were closed here, obviously. Uh, we were closed when we, were, when we absolutely when everybody was absolutely closed, yep. but we stayed open as a, as a you know, kind of a ghost kitchen. I, professionally, I cannot complain. I had friends mm-hmm. lose their business yeah. because of so the nature sad. of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't start out this way. We were making handmade pastas and doing the whole, like I'm a chef. I'm going to show you what yep. I can do. Our brunch blew up mm-hmm. and it became the thing that people That's wanted. Awesome. So now we're basically a brunch centric joint that has, you know, a burger here and yep. a pasta special here. But so, we represented coffee, mm-hmm. salty pork, nice. eggs and toast to people. Oof. So we were a creature comfort yep. HQ. Yep. So our sales were phenomenal. That's great. So I can't complain. Yeah. I'm no victim here on, on that regard. Yeah. But in terms of societal and as a father and okay. as a as a concerned family man, I really struggled with it. Was it was a lot. Yeah. It was heavy. And um, it was surreal and it was it was a lot of things, but um, I'm actually really incredibly proud of my industry because of how people have survived it mm-hmm. and reinvented themselves. Oh yeah, you have to, right? Yeah. That's life. You yeah. have to adapt and. So yeah, I definitely failed the perspective test during yeah. COVID. I was a, I was a hothead. A lot of my poor wife. She's <laughs> like, I can't, we can't. I can't hear you complain anymore. I'm like, I'm sorry. You made it through though. We did. So that's we a did, plus. and so did she professionally as well. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I remember. The whole, her fire. Oh my God. Yeah. I think, I think it was either the week before COVID or the week after COVID. It's terrible. The fire. Um, That is a whole other story. My wife's a survivor. She's, but her spot now is, is is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You mentioned getting changed backstage and obviously that means you performed live in theater Mm -hmm. slash dance. Um, I also did theater. Um, Did you? Uh, Man of many talents over here. I'm, I'm a gypsy. Um, <laughs> I was actually able to do four seasons at the Tivoli Theater. Oh, wow. Good when for it you. Was, when it was a thing. That's awesome. And um, one of the best times of my life. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about, Ian, what do you need, brother? Wash him down the, down the stairs? Oh, I, I, this won't be edited out, by the way. I love all the, all the real things. 
I'll, I, I leave all the things in. Um, I'm sad for people that never will experience the beauty of live theater. Oh, it's so different, right? It's yeah. Can you yeah. talk about some of your experiences uh, and shows that you've done? How how much of it you did, and like how much you enjoyed it? Probably my best experience ever was when I was an extra in uh, The Sleeping Beauty for the National Ballet of Canada. Wow. So it's technically called a super. So I was literally just, you know, in the background, just acting as one of the guests at the ball. But um, it was incredible to be on that stage with professionals, to see the audience give like a standing ovation. It's such a rush and I'll never forget it. And I'm so fortunate that that opportunity was presented to myself but um yeah the four seasons center it's you can't really get any better than that that's incredible that's like a mecca moment yeah uh there's something definitely don't downplay the fact that you were even there because it's being around something oh yeah like that seeing the the set smelling the the Mm -hmm. room that's more than most will ever know. Oh, yeah. My name was put into amazing, the costumes. Amazing. I was fitted. Yeah, it was it was such a great experience. So how much of the rehearsal process were you a part of for that show? Oh, we did rehearsals for quite a few months leading really? up to the actual performance. So even background talent oh, yeah. is, yeah. is there. Yeah, I was traveling to Toronto every weekend. Um, we were doing run-throughs, rehearsals, and then the actual performance. I believe it was a few weeks amazing. that the production was on. Yeah. That's so that cool. Was, that was awesome. All Definitely the- an adrenaline rush for sure. Waiting in the wings. Oh, and see. That moment. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> let's camp there. The, the, yeah. That's that's a thing. Oh, yeah. Waiting in the wings. Oh, my God. It's the best. It's it's like you're a bull waiting to be released and you go. Yeah. You feel so alive. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I I loved the performance. I loved closing night, opening night. Mm-hmm. They, all, they all had their thing. Yeah. But I have to say that my favorite component to... Theater, yeah, was rehearsals. Okay, because that's where you build the relationships. That's where you have the cast parties. That's when you get to know. That's when you get the crushes or the or, oh, yeah. or, or the <laughs> just. It's like that's where you're building the environment. Yeah, that energy is building, especially with all your co-performers yeah. for sure. That excitement. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Is uh, is Swan Lake as big of a deal for most dancers as we all think it is, or is that overrated? Personally, it's not one of my favorites. Okay. Yep. That's refreshing. Yeah. I mean, it's like what the woman is, this poor, innocent victim, you know, the evil Rathbart. No, like I I was never 100% into it, no. to be honest. Okay. Yeah. It's like the Nutcracker didn't really do much for me. What reason, What? Uh, what rang true for you when you saw it and went, I understand this. I need to be a part of this. Like for me, it was Jesus Christ Superstar. I learned how to sing to that Andrew Lloyd Webber show. <laughs> oh my God, and I got awesome. a chance. That was the first show I did at yeah. Tivoli. And it oh, was wow. like a moment of reckoning for me. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I'm, I'm an apostle. <laughs> I'm in this scene. And, and it was, That's great. It, it resonated with me yeah. and I got to flesh it out. Yeah. So for you, what were those things? And were you able to be in any of those shows? I wasn't able to be in it. But um, it was a production of, it's called Giselle. Mm-hmm. Again, the National Ballet did it in Toronto. And it was kind of that whole goosebumps moment. The music, the mm. dancers. Like, again, this is so corny, but it basically brought me to tears. Mm. It was just, yeah, music is big for me. It really makes you feel things, I feel. I love that. You know, what brings was, you somewhere. What was the first time? So, A Day in the Life by the Beatles. It was the first time I listened to a track, and I listened to it on an old radio mm-hmm. in my parents' grandparents' house in Florida. Oh wow! 
nothing really exceptional about the landscape of what I'm explaining, but mm-hmm. it was uh, it was transcendental. Mm-hmm. When I heard John's voice and that sound, and I had never heard anything like it, and I went somewhere. Oh yeah, that happened I, to me. I, with I was um, levitating, right? Oh, I believe that. So. And I have a lot of those stories for, yep. with music because music music was my shrine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, let's talk about albums and music that shaped you. Ooh. <laughs> okay, and this is not because of Stranger Things, mm-hmm. I will say, but I'll never forget the moment I listened to Master of Puppets um, when oh, Battery God. came on. It was like, holy shit. Yes. I was walking home from work. Um, I had my earbuds in and I'm like, okay, I'm going to give this a try. And I was like, wow, where have you been? Don't you hate it when pop, pop culture makes everyone think you're a follower I and know, a poser I'm when you actually, poser, I've been a Metallica guy for a long Before time. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Whatever. All right, I'm, I'm starting to, form. are you a Megadeth guy? Pantera? Yeah. You're more. That's not Pantera. Megadeth is okay, but very much Metallica and Slayer. Yeah. We have an Ian Pet podcast. That's pending. right. You have to. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy what listening to certain albums, how you'll never forget a certain memory of where it took you or what it felt like. I refer to, I don't understand people that move on from albums. I don't get that. I'm like, no, no, no. no. These are my friends. Yeah. You don't forget your friends. Like, I've yeah. been listening to the Cranberries album okay. regularly since yeah. 94. Oh, we have a visitor. Oh. <laughs> Oh. Um, I meant to lock that door. Yeah, that's what that's what uh, recording on James Street. It's uh, interesting, um, but I know there's I know there's more though. What what other albums were you like? I'm in my I'm in my secret place. I'm in my room. Like this well, is what a, do I love? A, a um, song that is like the zombies. Yeah, time of the season. It's yes, just so, right. Oh my god, what a song, man! It's so groovy. Yes. Oh, who else do I love? I love. Did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yes. Oh Pretty my god, great, we were eh? talking about that at dinner. Brad Pitt. So immersive, man. It's yes. like they nailed it. Oh my god, and I do love that Sharon Tate got to live. You know what I mean? An alternate. That threw me, and and I and I shouldn't have been surprised because I'm a Tarantino guy. Are you? Okay. Like uh, big time. Um, yeah. And that's what he does. He mm-hmm. rewrites history. But I yeah. thought I was, I was, I was getting myself like physically and mentally prepared for a really bad scene. Exactly. And I was like, "What the hell's going on?" And then I was like, "Oh, Tarantino." Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sharon yeah. Tate and I actually share a birthday. Really? January twenty fourth. I have a kind of a sick fascination with that whole investigation and that oh, whole yeah. thing. It's, oh yeah. It's I'm a, a it's, true crime addict. Have you been here. to Cal- Have you been to California? No. Okay. So so California is not L.A. It's not Melrose. It's, it's not, its own thing. It's the canyons. Okay. So when you go up into the canyons and the hills where the sign is, Laurel Canyon, mm-hmm. that's Cali. Okay. And I've only it, been to Boston. It's a, Boston's great. Oh, it was great. Have you been into the library of Boston? No. So the library in, the, uh, in, in Boston is, is unto itself a museum. The, the mosaics are insane, but they have the uh, original patent... Uh, library in there. Oh, that's awesome. So you, I've looked through books from the 17th century oh, with, with, with patents. I'm like, oh my so, god! And you wow. can just you can just grab it. I'm like, this is that's insane. Incredible. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, man. We're on we're on I know, we're multiple tangents, and I'm fully okay with it. <laughs> that's okay. <clears throat> um, music, music. That that's yeah, what, music that's where huge. we were before we yep. yeah. Yep. Uh, Zombies. You're talking about California, Sharon Tate, Tarantino. Soundtrack of your life. 
Ooh, soundtrack of my life. That's a tough one. I mean, right now I feel I relate to Rush's Working Man because that's my life right now. Every Man, day. You're everywhere, <laughs> eh? But in a great way. I love Rush, Iron Maiden, Motorhead. I love ABBA, cool. Queen. If it's good, you'll like it, period. I honestly couldn't even tell you what the top 20 songs are right now. Yep. I love that. Good. Quick story. Yeah. Metallica came to Cops Coliseum. Okay. In 96. Oh, 96. I was when, one year old. This is when the thing on the internet was starting. Yep. We were outside having a smoke, and their webmaster came up to us and said, wow. Are you guys fans? We're like, yeah, man. Obviously. We've been waiting in line for yada, yada, yada. He goes, if you, uh, if you hand out, sorry, listeners, for the bass on the street, uh, if you hand out promos for Metallica's webpage mm. during the opening act, I'll get you backstage. Wow. So Corrosion of Conformity was opening for them, and we handed out stuff, and we yeah. got backstage to Metallica. Still have all the swag from it. That's, really? the, end of, that's the end of my story. Oh, wow. But it's a pretty great Metallica story. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I We'll save it for the podcast. Yeah, you're not on the podcast right now, so just quiet down. So we're going back to the Lydia from from Beetlejuice thing. Beetlejuice, yeah, I love Beetlejuice. A lot of people are fake goth. Yes, I could see that. Fake cemetery walkers. It's a it's a it's a cool aesthetic that has become more acceptable and more uh, you know a thing. But for those of us who are organically I'm very morbid proudly understanding of those things yeah <laughs> um when did that start rearing its head for you uh, a little Portuguese girl with a with a hard-nosed mother when when did you start realizing you were drawn to those kind of things honestly even as a child um I had a lot of imaginary friends mm-hmm. were they scary looking <laughs> <laughs> some uh, yeah my interest in I guess the occult or the supernatural that honestly started as a child and Having imaginary friends. I mean, where they ghosts? Who knows mm. if you believe in that? But um, yeah, I've always kind of been fascinated. Uh, maybe this is weird, but I think about dying every day. Really? It's Yeah, I'm what, kind of very much aware. What's of the my, driver of that? Is, is fear the, the honest driver of that? Is it, it, I mean, maybe fear. I wouldn't say that I'm scared of dying. I'm more so scared of not living a full life mm. before I go. I think being surrounded with Ian, um, Ian has cystic fibrosis, so kind of being in that community, seeing how many people actually die from that terrible illness, mm-hmm. it's kind of like death is at the forefront. Right. And I'm just very aware of my humanity, yeah. but I'm also it's kind of like the Victorian era. They were weirdly obsessed with death. Hmm. And they were dying left, right, and center. Yeah. My wife um, is fascinated with watching uh, deaths of the Victorian era, the secret killers of the Victorian oh era. <laughs> She's like, did you know that That's when they would swoop awesome. things in with all the feces would come up and breathe it in and people Ugh. would die? Crazy, crazy, crazy. But yeah, I mean, everyone will die, right? Death will come knocking one day and I really try to live my life to the fullest and mm-hmm. get as many experiences in as I can. Good for you. But um, like I said earlier too, like I think the living are more scary than the dead. You're not wrong. Yeah. I remember my mom had, had this really precious story. She was, I think she recounts when she was six and she heard that someone had died and she realized like you're going to die. And she said, it's it's going to happen. What do you mean you're going to die? And it's crazy to think, I I was just thinking about it today. I'm lying, I'm lying in bed and and having a nap and I'm like, everything in my body is functioning right now. What if it just stopped and I just, I died. You never know. Like you're going to die. You will. And chances are it's not going to be great. No, it's one thing you can really count on in life, right? Is death. Oh man, we are just going down every (laughs) road possible. But hey, it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah, the whole, right? I wear dead people's clothes. 
like it gets passed on. I love that. Can we can we talk a little bit more about that? Like that's that's got to become an official catch line somewhere down the line for you. But um, I might I might actually call this episode "She Wears Dead People's Clothes." Do it. I, I love that. I, I don't know. I love that. Um, I just I love things with a story. There you go. And that's really what draws me to vintage pieces is knowing. Mm-hmm. Someone wore it. Someone had experiences in it. Yes. Um, Someone fell in love. Exactly. In that it's like loves. even my engagement ring. Ian said it's from the 1950s. I so love I just, it. I love that. Good someone, job, man. Good job. Someone had a whole experience mm-hmm. with that ring. What are some of the cooler stories you've... Have you learned any stories and backgrounds on certain pieces that you've yes, been around? Yes, actually. So I have this one dress. It's a red ball gown from the 1950s. Mm-hmm. I bought it from Vintage Soul Geek. Um, they actually told me that it belonged to this woman named Rowena. Mm. She had it custom made at the Royal Connaught in Hamilton. I believe it was 1953. She was going to a New Year's Eve party. She only wow. wore it the once. Wow. She, she was the only person to ever wear it, and it fits me perfectly. Rowena. So yeah, what Rowena. A name. I know. That's a tattooer, I think. Exactly. But um, that's definitely a special piece, knowing. Wow. That I know its whole story and history and. Only one other woman had ever worn it. That's amazing. So, you know, it's funny. I going down the realm of historical nerd and romantic mm-hmm. and surfing the thin veil of the past and the future. Surfing the thin veil. Wow, that was wow. that was dramatic. Um, when Hamilton was still the laughing stock of Ontario. I know people have this weird perception of I, Hamilton. I would. I. I've, I've walked, I've lived in every quadrant of the city over the last 25 years and I've mm-hmm. walked its streets endlessly. I love walking at night with headphones. Yep. And Nicole, I, t- I, I tell you the truth, the streets would speak to me mm-hmm. and I would, f- I could feel the beautiful past. Which Hamilton is so rich in. It's, we have such a history it was, here. It, yes, 100%. And those who don't know, it's a crime because it's from Barton Street to James Street. Like oh it was yep. stunning. Yep. Um, and the overwhelming feeling I got was I can feel its stories. It is alive. And I can feel it saying to me, I'm not dead. I'm coming back. I'm yep. still here. It was, it was a visceral, I'm really dumbing. I'm not giving it the credence <laughs> that the emotion had, but it was, I was walking through living stories and testimonies mm-hmm. and I knew there was more to come. Yep. And then five years later, we started seeing things like mixed media opening up and oh, CBC yeah, love, yeah. coming and, mm-hmm. and uh, Canon coffee and yes. uh, bread bar. Now these are very incredible. practical retail, Yep. but when certain things start taking place, you start going, aha, something's happening. So now Hamilton is, you know, it is what it is, but there was, there was a time like for the first time in a generation, you don't have to leave the city to have a good night. No, you don't. I've lived in Hamilton for about, I want to say, five years now, and it's mm-hmm. the only place that I've ever really felt like it's home. Amazing. If that makes sense. What area do you live in? If I can ask. We live in Lock Street area. Awesome. Yeah. So that's awesome. a really nice area. We go to Lock Street a lot, check out some of the restaurants. Shout out Pasta Mercado. Yeah. They were on the podcast. Very good. <laughs> do you guys ever go there? No, I haven't been. I really? He terrible. makes beautiful pasta. and oh, it gets, pasta. makes great focaccias and breakfast sandwiches. Wow. He's uh, Roman, Chef Roman. How are you, buddy? Um, <laughs> small, small joint but yep. beautiful things. That's what's so awesome about yeah. Hamilton. There's so much here. Yes. Especially the food. It's incredible. One of these days, actually, yeah. one of these days, let's get together. If you're okay with it, I will take you. You're just saying that. No, no, no. I, no, I, I mean it. And it's, it's written down. I will take you <laughs> on a cemetery slash 
specifically North End tour of mob, mob killings. Oh my god! R- rum, rum running, <laughs> rum running roots. That's uh, my dream day. Uh, Holy shit! And like where certain people are buried, like. I, it's I like can, mob don't kill me, but like I, I mob can, is a thing here. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It was like founded by mob. Right, this is where they go to retire. I can, uh, I can, I can show you around. Okay, for sure. I've got some. I got some. It. I got some tales. Um, so my family were bred and born, bled, built right on James Street. Okay, I live on Park, which is around the corner at the top of the Barton Hill. So mm-hmm. me being here and having my wife have a shop here is like I'm living the Hamilton dream as, as a Hamilton kid. Like yeah. that's that's a really big deal. But Hamilton is rife with crazy stories oh my god so i will yeah. i will i will hook you up with some <laughs> some tales um yeah 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 rowena yeah. i keep thinking about yeah. rowena what rowena. A, who, who was that woman where did she oh, live I, wish I knew wow that's all so cool. i know is she went to the royal cannot back when it was i believe it was a hotel back in the day royal cannot was a thing it was it was the big place yeah. to go and now it's condos i believe you know they've wh- turned it into yeah my wife which i'm grateful for because hamilton has a really bad history and knack yeah, penchant for knocking great things oh, down. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, which is why I love Boston because they they hold on to what they got. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have this love affair with Christmas parties from the fifties up oh until up until the mid eighties. <laughs> Imagine going to a party like Stelco. Oh yeah, oh was yeah. famous for handing out rings and watches and jewelry, and yeah. it was like it was it was a ball. That it was sounds incredible. It was phenomenal, yep. and. Um, the kind of like the shining like ballroom kind of yeah people don't party like that anymore um my wife and i are committed yeah to creating a culture within our businesses to host lovely galas that'd be awesome and we go need excuses to dress and go up nowadays oh my god right? i got invited to that thing we're going to this to this party and it's going to be we're going to bless you um, another thing that my wife and I want to do, and we don't know how to work around it because, yeah. um, it's kind of government owned, but we want to do a 1940s dance at the airplane museum. <gasps> oh my God. You have to come Can dressed. you invite me? Of course. <laughs> you, you have to come. You will not be allowed in if you're not wearing proper attire. No, you have to dress up for that. And, and it's, on. it's going to be like period correct. From you the, better do this. From the I snack. mean, you've said it now. The you only problem is, it. is I don't know. <laughs> I, I, well, like, sure we can rent a hall and do it. Of course. But. but- Spitfire. Yeah. Lancaster. Exactly. The smell of diesel. Which is so iconic. Come on. So I don't know. I'm, I don't know if it's, if, even if it takes us five years, we're going to do it. You should do it. Um, I support you. Yes. Uh, I'm confusing myself with all of the different I know we're, we're going, going down here. all kinds of directions. But this is, here. this is, this is why I'm doing this is organic. I want to, I want to have just organic conversation. <laughs> uh, That's right. Do you listen to music when there's a photo shoot going on? Oh, that's a good question. Would that help? That's kind of like I leave that in charge of the photographers. Um, not a lot of the time. A lot Ooh. of the time. I mean, when Ian and I shoot, that's a different story. Okay. We've got metal like blaring in the nice. background. We're weird like that. Um, he tones it down when other people come to mm-hmm. our house to shoot because majority of people are not into you know Slayer. It's <laughs> not a thing. <laughs> but um, for the most part kind of differs, right? You have some photographers, they'll put on top 20 and I just want to vomit inside. Um, but yeah, I really should push that more. I should mm-hmm. make a playlist and music. because music really puts you in that mood, uh, right? My favorite, well, now that I'm doing the podcast, this is this yeah. might be my most like self-actualized thing that I love to do, but um, I'm using really, really using annoying buzzwords. Big but, words. Um, prepping, food prep. Mm-hmm. 
with music in the background. Yeah, I could see that it gets you in the mood. Literally, and you up. literally, my I, I still yeah. I still daydream lovingly about the next day's tasks with food, <sighs> um, and I can just the the act of. Are you a big foodie? Like you like to eat yourself? I am. I mean, okay. I, that's you know that's ultimately why I became a chef. But I. The other driver was just, I love people and I want to, I'm a hospitality guy. I grew up in a hair salon. So service. Yes. I listened to your podcast with Ashley, who is my awesome. hairdresser. Yes. Small world. Eh? Yeah. So such a small world. service is in my, in my bones. Yep. So, um, so you actually like people even being in the customer service industry that hasn't tainted you. I do. Wow. I truly do. I feel like a bad person. But you know, no, don't because you either have it or you don't. It's you know true. what I mean? It's like, it's not, it's, it's a, it's a given gift. It's yep. not for everybody. No. Um, and don't get me wrong. Uh, you get me on the wrong day. I'm like, I'll, I'm going to kill you. Of course. But, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I do. And that's why we opened the spiritual espresso was because in, it's kind of like my midlife quasi retirement thing where I'm like, after the insanity of being a chef for 20 years, I'm like, uh, it's a long time. no, no more. I, 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 I will always be a chef. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm starting a catering thing. Yada. Good for you. But the day to day, yeah, I built a business so that I can I can pull espresso shots, mm-hmm. listen to Zeppelin, and talk to people. That's incredible. You get to live that. I'm a cook. I'm a good yeah. cook, but I'm a better I'm a better host. Do you cook at home? All the time. All the time. We eat at home all the time. I've been cooking wow. for my wife for years. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and my son, my kids, they're they're my son will scream at me in protest if if I've started cooking something without him. Really, I have videos of him. That's incredible. Turning, so he's like a mini you. Oh yeah, he, turning yeah. chicken on a grill at two years old. Wow. Now, am I reckless? Maybe. No. But he but had such awesome. he had such a command for the tongs, and really? I have videos of him at two years old folding and weighing dough. Like, wow. How does that make you feel as a dad I, I, to see that? I know. Here I am asking you the it's, questions. I love it. It's it's such a perfect thing that I can't even react. Mm-hmm. I just feel so still and centered and, mm-hmm. and grateful. and like, uh, thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, I waited a long time for the things I have. I paid a hefty price for what I have. Mm-hmm. So, but it probably makes you appreciate it all the more. If I got what I have in my hands 30 seconds sooner than when I did, yep. I would have blown it up. Yeah. I believe that. Wow. Ian, you know, everybody walking past here. Do you actually know these people you're waving Or are you to? just waving at people? Even Ian is the most active non-guest guest I've ever had on this podcast. It's great. Uh, so yes, it's seeing seeing these things. Also, and and in terms of, you'll appreciate this. Like yeah. we've had our, our family home since 1957. Oh wow! That's so incredible. my children are sixth yeah. generation wow. eating pasta in that home. You're Italian, you said. Um, yeah, Sicilian. So we live right next wow. door to the Raccomotese Club, which my great grandfather helped build. That's incredible. And. Um, What's great about this house is that there are etches of names from all the gangs of friends from the mm-hmm. 60s up to now. Wow. All over the bricks on that wall, on, on our home. That's awesome. It's still there. My father yeah. from 1973 has his name on there. Wow. It's crazy. That's awesome. So. Uh, That's such a cool thing to have in your family. Can I share a story with you about that house? Do it. So <laughs> my grandmother, uh, Jessie. Jessie. Dated, okay. dated a mobster. Wow. She, she dated Johnny Pops, Johnny Papelia. <laughs> That's a whole other story. Good for her. Um, he took her to parties at the Caesar's, Caesar's, uh, Caesar's Palace with the Rat Pack. That would be fun, like she, you have to admit. She was a stunner. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, so she's in this old home, and she did spring cleaning. Mm-hmm. And the family that built the house originally was a, was a fairly wealthy Jewish family. Okay. Banks weren't really a thing. Yep. Yeah, not, she, not back then. When she was cleaning 
the air ducts, she found $5,000 like of bills in the air ducts. Wow. And it was from so long ago that it was American, it was American tender. America, okay. It was American presidents she had never heard of. Wow. So she went out and bought all new clothing for, for, for September school for her That's kids. That's what I would have done. But like, how cool. That's incredible. This, this, so, this, this money lying in wait for, cent, for, for decades. And why was it there? Was yeah. it just forgotten? Yeah. It was hidden? It's just like one of those things. You know what I mean? It's like finding a, you know, a gun buried in your backyard when you're tilling the soil. It's like, yeah. what is the story? Which we did, by the way. What is the story of this thing? Amazing. And that's what it comes down to, right? The story. That's what I find so fascinating. Yeah. And that's what I love, too, about old homes. It's like we're just visitors there. Yeah. You know? Stewards of a, of a thing. Yes. And I always joke, like, our home is kind of like our, our Heron Hall or our, our like, like, you know, Windsor Castle. This is yes. the HQ yep. of the Riccatoni family. Wow. I love that story. Tangents we're on. We're on tangents. <laughs> we just call this tangents. I need to check the walls now of all these old homes. You really do? Do you guys own or do you? We rent a home that I went and checked the records because I'm a history nerd like that. Mm -hmm. And the earliest records I found were from 1901. Wow. And he was a stonemason. His name was Richard. So that's the first person who lived in our house. Um, Yeah, I love living there. It's got exposed bricks. Yeah, if you look behind you, there's uh, painted numeric things along our cornerstone here at St. James. We don't know what the methodology of the increments of those numbers are. They were just always there. They, we were gonna, they were going to cover it. I'm like, you keep that. Don't yeah. touch. Don't touch that. But you can That's see, like, you can see the twos, like the the penmanship from. It looks different, and especially the nine. But like, I, I'm, I'm a, I love handwriting. Yes, and it's I a look, dying art. I look at the average person's penmanship from 60 years ago. Mm-hmm. Stunning. Oh yeah, stunning. To and nowadays? you can see the curls on the two on that on yeah. the on the. I'm like. It doesn't look like that anymore. No, it doesn't. The uh, tin ceilings are original. That's beautiful. They tried to get us. I had to fight tooth and nail to keep them. Really? We paint, Why? We paint, Why did they want well, to get because, rid of them? Because uh, you need fire rating between the levels because okay. there's residents above. Yep. I don't even remember how we managed to avoid that, but those are all original tin. That's and uh, we painted them, obviously. But, I love it. But again, like I wanted to retain as much history as possible. And how old is this spot? <sighs> I'm going to say, I think it's 1909 or 1899. It's old, man. Is it haunted? Some of the staff think, thinks it is. I don't <laughs> really? think so, but this used to be a rosary shop. A rosary shop. It was shop. a jewelry shop. It was an oh. art gallery before we took it over. So yep. I would love to know every incarnation. That'd be incredible, yeah, right? Of, of to know the, its full history. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with Lauren's space. It's, it's pretty phenomenal. Yep. So if I gave you a million dollars and said, okay, go build something. You got photography. You got all these things that, that you're passionate about. What Where are you going to put your money in terms of building a legacy and building something? Oh, my. I don't know if my answer is as... Um, my first thought is I want to go move to the Highlands in Scotland, adopt about 100 cats, and <laughs> and just live. Yeah, and just, yeah. Are you a really cool cat lady? Oh, yeah. How many cats do you own right now? Okay, so there's a story there. I have one cat. Really? I love him. His name is Jack. Okay. He's a tabby. He's 15 years old. Mm. So I was actually getting a tattoo of a cat okay. um, at John Street Tattoo. Um, Brett, you're awesome, Brett. And then he asked me, he's like, do you even have a cat? I was like, no, I've always wanted one. But for whatever reason, it's just never worked out. Really? And then he was like, well, my mom is looking for a home for her like senior cat. 
are you interested? Cool. And then I saw a photo of him. I went to their house. Um, and then it was love at first sight. A tattoo brought you to a cat. A tattoo. Yeah. It was meant to happen. Perhaps your next cat should be called <laughs> tattoo. Tattoo. Yeah. My or tattoo Rowena. artist, mom's cat. Interesting. For, yeah. And we still keep in touch. I'll send them photos here and there. Why did it take it's you so long to get a cat? Thing. I feel like they're everywhere. It's so easy to everywhere. get. I know. I don't know why. I think I've had him now for maybe three years. My brother, Dan, who lives below us in the basement, he's, uh, he just put down his cat of 18 years. Oh, that's terrible. Leah. Leah. That's and she's so sad. been with him. Yeah. She's been with him through everything. everything. That's how I feel with Jack. And I, and I watched him. I'm a, I'm a dog guy. Okay. I watched him follow her around for the last week of her life, trying to keep her alive. Yeah. That's and so I, sad. And, and I was like, Dan, what, what are you doing? Why don't you just you know, yeah. put an end to this? And he's like, I have a responsibility mm-hmm. to let her know that I'm here for her and I'm doing everything I can yeah, before course. that final result because she's been with me mm-hmm. through everything. Yep. And I was like, that's precious. <sighs> that's how I feel about Jack. He's been with me through my darkest times, mm-hmm. through like a rough breakup in the Uber, me bawling my eyes out and him just meowing like, what, what is going on? But um, I know he's 15, so obviously those thoughts run through my mind. Mm-hmm. But I'm just glad that we found each other. And I know it's like, oh my God, it's just a cat. But he's not just any cat. I get it's it. Jack. I mean, I get it objectively, but I don't get yeah. it because I feel like a dog, it's such an easier way to, to <laughs> I, I feel like dogs give you so much more, but people who love cats will punch me in the face and go, you're oh, an yeah. idiot. You're wrong. And I get it. I'm like, I, here's the thing. Cats, they're, they're everywhere. But when you find a cat that has personality. Oh, he's got personality. That's, that's a different story. Sure. He will only drink out of crystal vintage glasses. So Ian's got these glasses from his mom. It's amazing. Um, and he'll chirp. And he'll lead you to the bedroom and then he'll sit on the bed, chirp again, and then you have to hold the glass to his face and that's the only way he'll have water. Is he an aristocrat from another, <laughs> uh, from another life? Yeah. Right? What a weirdo. Wow. But um, he's very loving. I know, here I am talking about my cat, but like he'll sit on my chest We've talked about everything. It's okay. It's, yeah, I how, love him. How are you doing for time, by the way? We're an hour 17 in. Are you bored of me? No, not at all. Ian, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> okay. Now, where do you want to go? How are we going to wrap still, this up? Still so many, so many things I want to know. I, 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 here's what I love about this particular conversation. Okay. I feel like I'm getting to know you like, like, we're, like we're becoming friends. And it's funny because... We'll see about that. What, what uh, led me... Why, why do you say that? <laughs> you think I'm... Oh my God. I was just being sarcastic. What led me to you is, is I feel like what we're talking the least about, which I'm fully fine with because I'm getting mm. to know the holistic picture of you. Okay. And, and, uh, but I also don't want to force the things that are, are the more obvious things, but, okay. but I'm liking the fact that I'm getting the full wide picture, but there's some more things I want to flesh out about. Okay. Um, what do you want to know? The dancing and the modeling. Oh my. <laughs> and I had a question. Okay. And I completely forget. This is the this is the danger of going down is that too the many old roads. Age kept catching up with you. That's hurtful, <laughs> but I'll take it. Oh. <laughs> see now, see the reason why I know you're relaxed and you're doing this now is because now you're starting to give me some quips. Okay, good. Yeah, that's the spiciness coming out. The alter ego is converging. <laughs> that's right. It, it's converging. Um, what do you think it would take for you to, to do a to open a school for dance? That's a hard one. Uh, there's a lot of hurt there for sure. Um, I would definitely need more training mm-hmm. just because I'm so out of practice, but I, I've definitely thought about that. I've always loved the idea of me having my own business. I just, I love that idea of being mm-hmm. like a boss. boss I can see that. on Right. You for sure. I just, I love that. Um, 
I, I have been thinking about this idea. So I do sew for fun. Okay. But I love the idea. Maybe one day, like I'll sew ballet skirts or leotards, you know, for students, that kind of thing. Make cool. a little business there with dancewear. But um, no, I have I have thought about that. Um, I work with a coworker, and she said the weirdest thing to me one day without knowing anything about my ballet background. She was like, I don't know why, but like I can picture you having your own dance school. And it kind of like took me aback and I'm hmm. like, where the hell did you get that from? But because did it sit right with you though? It did sit right. And it kind of made me sad in a way um, because I'm, I'm studying law. So I'm becoming a paralegal. Wow. You're everywhere. That's I, great. I'm everywhere. That's great. Again, it's like my love of true crime for because you. I'm choosing criminal as my um, like area of practice. Mm-hmm. But then there is that part of me that feels a little, I don't know. I don't know what the word is. It's like, I didn't accomplish my dreams if that makes sense because I always pictured myself as a dancer and like the harsh reality is the world can't support that many ballerinas it's just not a thing I don't want to I don't want to you know I don't want to pass on that yeah <clears throat> that's a thing that that's that's something we're talking about um and I I've done things mm-hmm. and I still struggle with it's too late I didn't fully realize what I want to do then you have kids and then you reach a certain age <clears throat> then you listen to this bullshit lie that's like, well, mm-hmm. you're not, are you still an artist because you're 44 and you're a dad now and you're married? Like, like, it doesn't have to define you though, right? Like no, you're not just a dad, but I see what you're saying. But it's saying. a thing, right? Yeah. So how much, honestly, if, you, if you're willing, like how much does the I didn't do that dream play through your mind? A how, lot. How does that a shape lot. your reality um, of things? Like I still think about it. I've definitely come to terms with it. I think I've healed in the sense, but it's like before I couldn't even look at ballet videos. I was just so bitter. Just that bitterness, right? That jealousy of Mm. seeing other people get to live what I envisioned for myself. Mm. But I mean, in life, and that's something I had to learn early on, it's like you don't always get what you want and that's okay, right? Do you think that would make you a great teacher though? I, I could see that for sure having that experience and but understanding the thing is is like there's a lot of people and then there is that thing that goes in my head right those who can't, can't do teach. teach i know and i struggled with i think that. it's true to a degree but i think it's also bullshit i think it, exactly i think that there are people that can really give a generation who are meant to do certain things some incredible tools based mm-hmm. off what they didn't get what they yeah, didn't have i could see that uh, i think functioning from a perspective of lack or lessons learned or disappointments can still equip you to be a mm-hmm. phenomenal mentor. Oh, for sure. 100%. And, and it's definitely trickled into other aspects of my life, my dance training. Mm-hmm. Cause it's just such a rigorous, um, it really sets you up for other areas in life. I don't know you. Okay. But I would encourage you to, <laughs> to never be so practical. To, I know. To never that's... think that that is a very serious, you're young enough. Mm-hmm. You could do it in five years and still have tons of time to do oh, it. Oh, I could. And it's definitely not off the table. Let's just say yeah. that. I've definitely toyed with the idea. I would love that for you. I think I that mean, would be great. who knows? Maybe I'll be a successful paralegal and I can squirrel away mm-hmm. a nice lump sum of money and then maybe I can team up with uh, an individual in the dance field and, you know. Would you open... ever train private lessons? I, I like I love that idea. I do love that idea, especially in a more serious. Like I love the idea of working with people who are determined to become professionals. Like I wouldn't want just a dolly dinkle type mm-hmm. of school. Mm-hmm. You know, I want it to be no, serious. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's definitely something I have thought about. And I mean, life is so unpredictable, right? I never thought I'd be sitting here today. 
So yeah, and I'm honored you're here. I, I would I would love to uh, you know once we get to know each other more and take you on your graveyard tour. Uh, I think Layla, my daughter, mm-hmm. has a gift for movement. Does she? For movement. Yeah, you mentioned that, right? She's and a um, maybe maybe lessons is too far afield right now, but maybe if, if we're ever hanging out and you can maybe get a sense for her and show her a thing or two and mm-hmm. see see if you see something in her. Because I, I, for me, I think a good parent's res- a responsibility for a parent is to catch those nuanced moments where there's a gifting being birthed. Especially in the arts or and, just that creative. Right, and right. rally around it and, yeah. and, and, and hone it. And, Invest in it without being overbearing. Over, overbearing. I 100% agree. Yeah. That really should be fostered, that creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you shouldn't always push the academics, although that is really important. I feel like if your child does show, you know, these abilities to excel in the arts field, you really should push that. The world needs more creative mm-hmm. individuals. Do you see kids in your future? No. No? <laughs> I know. Um, I love other people's children. Are you one of those types that are phenomenal with kids? Yes. But don't plan um, on having kids of their own? Yes. Um, I know so many of you, and you're so good with them. I'm like, why don't you want to be a mom? It's like know. last summer, um, I used to do burlesque dancing. I was actually in a show uh, a few years ago, and my teacher, performer, she has two kids, and she had posted that she was looking for a babysitter. So I was like, okay, let's do it. So they were five, five and eight and I had like the best summer with them. We went to Gage Park. Like I loved cool. spending time with them. But for me, that's where I'm like, is something wrong with me as a woman? Just I don't have that urge to create. Are you afraid of life. being your mom? Maybe. I do say that. Like I don't. It's like I love my mom. Don't get me wrong. But she's just so scared of living. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be anything like that. Um, that's probably a part of it, but I don't know. I guess I am a little selfish. I kind of want to live my life for myself. Um, You're still young, though. I am. My fiance. And I, and I, mean, I, that, I, I mean that respectfully. Like that, I'm not, still young. Um, my fiance, it's so weird to say. But, well, as of what, three hours right, ago? With cystic fibrosis. <laughs> he can't have kids. Okay. He doesn't want kids. And just for the both of us, we, that's just not really something we want. But um, I will be an amazing aunt. Okay. My One of my best friends, she just had a baby, Audrey who was named after Audrey Hepburn, nice. which is something we bonded over. Nice. We just went to meet her the other day. And yeah, like I love other people's kids. Cool. I just don't have that not, not everyone, my own. Not everyone does? No. That's cool. I had to ask. Yeah. Burlesque. Yeah. So you did that? I did it for one show. I did. Again, like I was okay. an extra. It was a one-off. It okay. was at this, no, where was it? The Casbah. Okay. So that was pretty fun. What is burlesque? How can you quantify that for people who don't really know? Do people get ideas of like little red lanterns at little tables and, yes. and, and you know, burlesque. the Liza Minnelli thing? Ooh, that's, that's a tough one. Um, Wait, cabaret isn't the same as burlesque, right? Kind of. Fine line I mean, between a little the bit. two? Okay. It's not quite stripping, but um, along similar, similar lines, because obviously you're removing articles of your clothing throughout. But you're never nude though. You're never nude. No, you okay. always have like you're scantily clad. Okay. And, yeah. Is but, that what um, they're called? Pasties. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the little nipple the little tassels. Nipple tassels. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> I've lived my whole life wondering what those damn things are called. And now I know at 44, they're called pasties. But again, that's kind of like an ode to the past, the burlesque right. dancing, right? That was like a thing back in the day. I think it might've been illegal to go to those shows. I'm not a hundred percent. But again, it's just like so glamorous. Dita Von Teese. Mm-hmm. I always loved watching her. 
yeah, and that's kind of what drew me to it. And I really hope it makes a comeback in Hamilton because that would be pretty awesome. I'd be so down to be a part of that again. But yeah, it's just like you're up there dancing, um, the music. Um, that's cool, man. Yeah, it's a great, great experience for sure. You've done, a, you've done a lot of cool things. Yeah, I've kind of dipped my toe in a lot of things. So Burlesque. <laughs> burlesque, yeah. It's, it's big in Toronto. Yeah. They have a big burlesque scene over there. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's like in Vegas, they have a huge hot rod, um, 40 swing hepcap yes. vibe. Like, yeah. Uh, it's a culture thing. Yeah, in Vegas, they got, I think, the Viva Las Vegas. They yeah. have that whole festival. The, that rockabilly thing. Yes, exactly. That's very cool. Yep. So one of my favorite questions to ask people, whether there's a microphone in front of me or not, is um, if you could spend a weekend with a historical figure or a celebrity and actually get the real version of them. Now this is an impossible question, but there are some people that you feel like you get a sense for. It's like, like for me, and it sounds really kind of dumbed down cause he's such a megastar, but I bet you a weekend hanging out with Brad Pitt would be really cool. He seems like a really cool man. And like the fight club question, if you could yes, fight a fight celebrity, club. who would you fight? I'd love to, I'd love to get into a scrap with Ooh. Benicio del Toro. I feel like he'd be a great fight. So I, yeah. there's, there's, uh, there's certain people I'm like, man, I'd love to spend some time with this person. Uh, who, who would you do? A historical figure or just anyone. Both, both uh, end, whatever. First thing, okay, there's maybe two. First one that pops into my mind is probably Anne Boleyn. Really? King Henry VIII. Please explain. <laughs> I just great love answer. her. You know, she was a woman ahead of her time. She knew what she wanted, and unfortunately, she lost her head for it. Hmm. But um, I think she was a strong woman, and I think history kind of does her a disservice sometime with telling her story. You have to go to England. In- I know, right? It's, it's Everywhere be, you look. It's there. There's history everywhere. It's either majestic or quaint and cute. It's either like a hobbit cute. Yes, exactly. Or majestic. Yep. And, and, and every saying, every so many things come out of that little mm-hmm. spot. Anyway, sidebar. And then my second person, I would probably say Audrey Hepburn. Uh, great answer. <laughs> great answer. So shocking. But um, she kind of has a similar past. Like She wanted to be a dancer, unfortunately, with the war. Mm-hmm. Her training suffered. Um, wow. And just, yeah, I watched a documentary about her recently and it just really spoke to me. I think she was a really fascinating woman. What did you think of, um, I'm, I'm blanking on her name, uh, the aviator of the movie, but the, I forget the actress who uh, oh played God, her. What's, what is her name? What is her name? Galadriel. Oh, come on. My wife thinks she's the most beautiful woman <laughs> in the world. I know. I can't think of it. There it is. James Street. Oh, there's the Hells Angels. Oh, I heard wow. about this. There we go. Okay. So for those listening, <laughs> we have a Hells Angels crew driving down James Street. Wow. Yeah, they were, they were actually, there was a warning from the government saying that there was a, a meet. That was last week, right? I think it I'm was. I'm not sure. I think it was a memorial service and they were all driving on the highway, I Interesting. Think, I believe. Interesting. Uh, what is her name? Anyway, the aviator, did you enjoy her performance of that? I actually never saw it. Oh, Kate Blanchett? Kate Blanchett. Yeah, stunning woman. So I have, a, I, have, I have a term called the thousand pound roll as an actor. Okay. She delivers, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. She's firing on every person. Watch the movie. So for a million reasons, the music, mm-hmm. the, 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 the costume, the story, but her portrayal of Hepburn. Yes. Is I have to watch untouchable. that. I don't know why I haven't. Untouchable. Yeah. So Anne Boleyn mm-hmm. and Audrey Anne Hepburn. Boleyn. That's right. Great what answers. Great answers. <laughs> Where would you want to hang out with them? Where's the locale? Hmm. I don't know. Audrey, maybe New York. Good answer. 
I would love to go to New York one day. You got to go to the Blooming, the original Bloomingdale's. Yes. The escalator is made of wood. Ugh. So old. <laughs> it's so cool. But uh, yeah, New York, especially like New York in the 50s, 60s. I mean, parts of it obviously weren't very nice back then. What, what my, my answer for where would I like to be in a moment of history? I think I would like to be in either downtown New York or downtown London, England when okay. World War II ended. Well, so you're copying me, basically. A little bit. You're stealing my ideas. But it's a World War II thing, though. Which you mentioned. Like when, when that war was declared over. Which what is interesting would, because Lemmy from Motorhead, he's got an, well, he had an obsession with, well, more German stuff, German yeah. Nazis, which, okay, that's not the best, but yeah, it's interesting. World War II for a lot of people. It's, it's tough. The Nazi thing uh, because, <laughs> yeah, because, well, the, the Nazi regalia, mm-hmm. the design. Oh my God. It was an actual designer. Stunning. Who, right. Who did their uniforms. You I, can't deny I it. I actually have a book called Nazi regalia and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Hugo Boss. Was it Hugo Boss? Yeah. Oh, Hugo doesn't want to talk about that. I knew about, <laughs> I, I remember that actually. Uh, everything from the, from the Baker brigade, yep. the, the, the swag was unbelievable. And so you want to, if you're a lover of history, you love, you don't love, but you, you no, study every you paradigm, right? Exactly. But there's this tension where it's like, I, there's great literature on this topic, mm-hmm. but what's, what's the fine line between having some certain things? So anyway, that's, uh, yeah, that's interesting. But I think, I think being in Times Square when Victorian Europe took place mm-hmm. would be a pretty amazing experience. Oh yeah, that would have been yeah. unreal, which is sad. All those people are dying off now. I'm an eighties kid and so is stranger things like a thing for you? Like you lived that season one of of stranger things. They nailed it. Okay. They nailed it. Yeah. Um, but there were incredibly handsome, well-dressed. Oh, it's great. Older gentlemen. I wish I could have experienced everywhere, everywhere. And, uh, I have such a, love for a, a well-dressed, handsome, older man. That, oh my God, I and, know. And I uh, had a gentleman come in the, the espresso <laughs> break the other day and I just loved talking to him, but, but they're, they're gone. Yeah. And, um, it's just how people used to dress and present themselves yes, to the world back yes. then, right? We've lost that bit I of know. glamour. I know. My wife and I are, again, World War II fans and history yeah. fans, and we have this tradition now that we've been doing for eight years where I own the box set of Band of Brothers. Oh, wow. So November 1st, we watch the first episode Mm -hmm. and it takes us to Remembrance Day. And then we go to the military concert at uh, Hamilton Place. Wow. And they do orchestral military standards. Mm -hmm. And it's awesome. People are in their military best Mm -hmm. and there's a moment of silence. Yep. And it's the, it's the penultimate ending to that tradition we do. And it's, it's a really awesome thing that we have. Makes you feel something. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. As we're winding down, thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it. It's nice to just, the, the, there's, these are never really any agendas, but I would say this is probably in the top three of the most like off the rails conversation, kind of in the best way. Okay. I, I just felt like I wanted to get to know you. Okay. And thank that's, you for that's let, a good sign. Thank you for letting me do that. Um, and it's, I love that the things we do are open doors for people to kind of come through and get to know us. Mm-hmm. Like it started with, I wear dead people's clothing. Yes. That's to, a great to learning. <laughs> it's funny. Um, how, how did you, <laughs> whoa, how did that come about? I mean, I just, I just love that. I like to wear dead people's it just, clothes. It popped into my mind. I'm like, how can I say I like to wear vintage, but make it more quirky and more me? 
I love um, it. I actually had to write a bio the other day because I'm a personal assistant for a makeup artist in Hamilton. Cool. I saw on that. The side. Yeah. Right yeah. Jonna, you're awesome. Hmm. Um, so I had to write a bio and of course I put that in there and then we started laughing. My boss and I, she's like, I love it. Mm-hmm. It's so you, but we do weddings and you know, some people might not respond to the whole dead people thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I get it. So well, I, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I That's approve. good. I'm glad it resonates with you. I approve. That's uh, awesome. I want to know some of the things that maybe you might want to talk about that you're proud of that you've done that I haven't touched on or that, that are, are not as obvious. I mean, you mentioned some things to me that you said you were proud of with a certain investigation Pro- that took place. Is that oh something you want to talk about? I or? can talk about it. Okay. So, I know. Don't murder me, please. So, um, yeah, you mentioned you were a part of something that was actually... So years ago, I worked in the restaurant industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personal experience wasn't the best. I'm sure it's different here at your place, but um, it's just having your boss hit on you or be inappropriate, just, you know, drugs, whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I ended up seeing a post on Facebook one day, just a woman, I don't know, just venting and asking people for their own experiences. And it kind of got my thoughts going. So eventually uh, my friend Robin and I, we ended up making this Facebook group um, as a safe place for women to share their experiences. And we kept hearing more and more and more about this one restaurant in Hamilton, how, the owner was just this abusive, inappropriate, mm-hmm. just terrible person. So Toxic. I ended up, I ended up getting all these women's stories. They were contacting me, calling me, texting me, and I ended up compiling them. And I'm like, I have to do something with these stories. Mm. Like I have to do something. I just felt this calling, and then I ended up, you know, I'm just going to reach out to journalists. So I ended up reaching out to uh, Susan Claremont at the Hamilton Spectator. Um, I sent her just a little spiel of what I had um, written and she was interested. So I ended up, I, like, I don't want to say I worked with her because she obviously did most of the work, but I ended up con- uh, connecting her with all of these survivors hmm. and passing along their stories. And yeah, and then it ended up becoming a thing. And so many of these girls, even though unfortunately it didn't go anywhere in the like charging aspect, mm-hmm. but they felt empowered. They felt like they were finally heard. Right. And it made a difference. I mean, his restaurant closed. And it ended and, uh, a reign of yeah, some stuff. And it's crazy how many people actually came forward hmm. with similar crazy stories. Yeah. So you were you you were a type of conduit for yeah. I'm kind m- of a shit disturber in that way. Movement. So how did that how did that make you feel in terms of what you accomplished with that? I mean, at first it was heavy. Like I actually kind of broke down a few times. Hmm. It was just a lot. It was a lot. Some of the things you were hearing, it was just a lot to process. Um, Some of the photos I saw and videos I heard, yeah, it kind of just took me aback. But then I kind of felt empowered knowing that, you know, as long as we're silent, this Mm -hmm. man's going to keep doing what he's been doing. Um, And it kind of just grew. And these ladies that I worked with, like we've remained friends. We chat every once in a while. Did you learn something about yourself through that process? I think I did. Which was um, what? What would be the word? I don't know. That I'm kind of fiery and then I fight. I like, I enjoy like fighting for people, which is kind of what drew me to the legal field was the fact that I could fight for people's rights. So that ultimately led you toward the legal world. Yes. Wow. Yeah, actually wow. it did. It you, kind of. You seem, you seem. Hey man. <laughs> We're actually closed, dude. Yeah. I'm just waiting. Oh. No, we don't, we don't have anything here. There's people that live upstairs. Did you order something from Uber? <laughs> no. <laughs> Did you actually? Yeah. Ha! 
Oh we're, my we're having. God. Oh my God! Did what you order whoppers? Yeah. <laughs> this is amazing. This is going down as one of the coolest live things. So, Ian just ordered whoppers from Uber during our recording. Oh my God! I'm That's sorry. Amazing! <laughs> I love this. I love this. Wow! But um, you're the best. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> engagement whoppers. What a night! But um, yeah, it it did uh, fuel just, me to get into the legal field. As we were saying. You're a sweetheart, Ian. Um, you seem to have this really knack for, good knack for starting down something and it turning into real life-changing things. Yeah. I mean, when I get that fire under my butt. Dance you know, school, dance I school, like dance to, school. Yeah, right? Exactly. But um, yeah, I like, I like fighting for people. I like standing up for people. And I can't, I just can't tolerate bullshit anymore. It just really irks me. Bad people taking advantage it's amazing the power that can come from someone who had to swallow a lot of shit growing up and felt quiet, and then they kind of get released and they find their voice and they end up mm-hmm. becoming yeah. a, a lion. Right? It is, it is kind of awesome when you put it that way. Yeah, I was the quiet girl eating her shitty sandwich mm. in a bathroom stall, and now I'm here with a voice. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Things are. I mean, the, you got a good picture at 27. Yeah, I mean, I hope so, right? It's been it's been a process getting here, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I'm I'm basically eighty inside. I so. love it. I love it. <laughs> right? So yeah, eight year old stuck inside this body. What else do you want to touch? What else do you want to touch on? <laughs> oh my god, I don't even know. What did we cover? We covered quite a bit. What's your, well, yeah. what's your favorite thing? My favorite thing. Because you you're like me. You're you're kind of a gypsy in terms of passions, and, mm-hmm. and you and you 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 do them as far as you can take them. You don't see you don't seem to do anything half-assed. What uh, what's your favorite thing? Right now, yeah. uh, right now, I would say my favorite thing is really just spending time with people I love, being at home, my sewing. I've really enjoyed doing that. It's another creative outlet. Yeah, I just I like being creative. That's my thing. I feel like if I'm not creative, I'll die. Like my soul will yep. just, you know, wither away. I love spending time with people I love because it goes back to the whole death thing. Right? You loyal? You a loyal, loyal animal? I would say so. Yeah, me too. Yep. Maybe not in the past, but now, it's, yes. Like if I love yeah. a person, like I'm here for the ride. Yeah, it takes a long time for me to let you in because I'm pretty like. Yes. But. I <laughs> but, but when I know you're good and that you genuinely love me and you've got me. I, I will be. That's the thing. Loyal. Like I've, I've always had the analogy that expectations lead to disappointment, which mm-hmm. I know is so negative, but it's kind of a way of me protecting myself from getting hurt. Gotcha. So yeah, when I let someone in, right, you, you're special. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. I love that. As we close, I feel like vintage doesn't have enough of a, not a respect, but, it's thrown around a lot. I really want people to have a takeaway of what it is that you love about it. I feel like if, if you can just do another closing kind of Vintage. synopsis of, of... Well, one thing that's very sustainable, especially in our current climate nowadays mm-hmm. with pollution, climate change. So definitely, like I know some pieces are pricier, but I mean, when you invest in quality, you obviously have it for years. Mm-hmm. So think in that term, but vintage, I don't, to me, it's a story. It's Mm -hmm. carrying on something from the past, you know, it's, 
when you buy something that's vintage, let's say a dress, you know, you're carrying on a story, you know, someone else wore this piece, they wore it through maybe their best day, their worst day, mm. and now it's being passed on to the next generation. And I think there's something special with honoring the past and embracing it in today's world. I don't think there's enough of that. It's a great answer. It, you know what's funny? Most people don't view it that way. We're, 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 I mean, there's, there's, there's probably five to 10 very real personalities out there and, mm-hmm. and not all of them feel this way about objects. Yeah. We do. Yeah. And I, I, I and like I said earlier, like vintage fashion, not vintage values. Cause yeah, you know, yeah. there's definitely dark parts of sure. the past, but um, yeah, I think as a whole, we really should embrace things from the past, be more sustainable and I mean, you look awesome when you wear vintage. It's original, right? Why do you want to look like everyone else? That's mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. something I do not want to be is like everyone else. You and my wife need to have a glass of wine <laughs> together. Yes. I have this uh, 1940s iron bendy neck lamp, desk oh, lamp. Oh, wow. It's yeah. like a lamp you'd see in a, so awesome. in a 1940s detective desk. Yes. And it's perfectly patinaed. I bought, do you, do you follow Hoot Furnishings? Yes, yes, okay. I do. Got yeah, it from they them. have great mid-century. And, and every time I click it on, just even the click is just like quality, quality, well-built, well-built. And it still works. And it still works and it yep. will always work. And it's just, it's just one of those things. I'm, I'm, I like to have um, the, just the just so right amount of vintage mm-hmm. in my home. Yep, yeah. yep, nice. Right, vintage meets modern. So uh, for people wanting to find you, Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the best way to steer them towards your your content? Is it mostly Instagram right now? I'd say Instagram, uh, Nicole Schmoli. Nicole Schmoli. What is the Nicole genesis Schmoli. of the name Nicole Schmoli? <laughs> Honestly, like, is that her last it name? It sounds a little Jewish, which is funny because I've discovered that I do have Jewish ancestry, with like Schmoli. It's got that Yiddish but, um, nuance. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. But I'm kind of started just uh, an old friend. Just call me Nicole, and then it just rhymed Nicole Schmoli, and then okay. I'm like, oh, I kind of like that, okay. so it just it stuck. So the handle on Instagram is Nicole Schmoli. Nicole Schmoli. I think there's an underscore in there. I mean, I should know that, okay. but no, I'm, I'm sure yeah. you'll link it. I will. Yeah. I will absolutely. So it'll be good. Um, I think we're good. I think we're good too. But I, 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 I don't say this to everybody, but I, but I genuinely mean it, and I think it'll be even more. I think you're just uh, gonna say that. More, say no, it. more of a thing once I talk, chat with <laughs> with Ian. But uh, I'd like to connect again uh, and um, actually do that little Hamilton tour. Yeah, it's like been what an hour and forty five, and it just flew. Yeah, by. it really did right? fly it by. Did actually, fly by. Um, I'm not sure I was very good on uh, thematic That's questions, okay. but I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I. Um, it just went where it needed to go. Your 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 socials were the end, but I, I'm I, I'm really glad I got to know your story. Thank you. And I'm just having a really hard time. The juxtaposition between eating alone in a bathroom stall to what you do with photos is such an amazing human trajectory. I think that right yep. that right there is kind of the uh, the essence of your tale up to this point, and such a victory and such a paradigm shift of who we thought we were mm-hmm. for sure and who we actually are. And yeah. I'm on my own journey with waiting to become who I want to be and who I'm entering into now. Mm-hmm. And seeing that realized is such a special thing to all those people out there who eat their lunch in the bathroom. Mm. You can go up from there. <laughs> Honestly, that, that sounds like you're saying it in passing, but that's a big deal. It is a big deal. 
Yep. That's a big I've, deal. That's a huge takeaway. I've had to face a lot of demons. So yeah, these flies, oh, they're waiting. Okay. They're waiting till it's now okay. to show up. <laughs> um, okay. So, wow. We went. We went the distance. So we, one one hour and forty six minutes. Nicole, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This for, was fun. Thank you for saying yes. You, you enjoyed yourself? I did. It so was a special night. It was better than what you thought? Yes. Congratulations <laughs> on your engagement. Thank you so much. And uh, we have Whoppers delivered with an Uber. Oh, this has God. been an, uh, an awesome <laughs> experience. And um, Nicole Ishmoli, if for those who I would say, please go check out her, uh, her, her page on Instagram. It's beautifully curated, and uh, the photos are stunning. And Ian Pett, who is her now fiance, did a lot of those photos. He will be kind of a forthcoming uh, episode. Looking forward to that. Uh, awesome. Nicole, I'm going to say we're friends now. I think we if can. you're okay we with that, I, that, I will. Yep. I will forward you guys my personal phone number. Thank you so much. And before the summer's out. Um, I think maybe we need to have an excuse to have a little park picnic and a little awesome. walkabout and yes. maybe Layla can do a twirl for you. Yeah, you better. And see you what's up. I promise you. I promise you I will. Um, <laughs> Good. Episode 35 is in the can uh, with a grateful heart. Thank you to Nicole and uh, Ian for being here with me tonight and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nicole. Have a great night and congratulations. Thank Yay you. Yay marriage. Ooh. Thanks guys. <laughs>